What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and I am doing this fucking podcast for the second time. I just had a great podcast in the can, and guess what? After 16 fucking minutes, it just went cold, and I had to wait all the way to uploading it to find out. So instead of just like starting at the 15-minute mark and redoing it or whatever, I am just doing another one, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am pissed off about it. Uh, that being said, <laughs> you guys listening to episode 349, uh, oh my God, it's it's a sin because I, oh, it was a good one. It really was. But uh, you know what? I'm just going to look at that as a test run and we'll see where this one goes. Maybe this one will end up being better. That's what I am hoping. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys had a good time in between shows. Hope everybody is uh, happy and healthy between shows. And I uh, got a great show for you guys uh, today. A lot of stuff to talk about. I uh, got an unacceptable for you. This time the unacceptable is on me. Um, of course, your guys' unacceptables. We have a the triumphant return. He has come out of hiding. And he has sent over an IBS in the skies at 30,000 feet IBS episode from the one and only Shakespeare of shit himself, Kelly Meyer, will be hitting up the program with an amazing story. I uh, This dude is, you guys are going to uh, be hearing that. So uh, a lot of stuff to talk about too, some sports, all of that stuff. Um, so uh, sit back, relax, wherever Wherever you may be, guys, just saying that and knowing that I already said that this week, knowing that I did this podcast, you know what? Instead of me being upset or disappointed by it, I am going to take it out on this podcast to make this podcast even better. How about that? Okay? Oh, I had some good lines in the other one. I had some funny ones, but I got some stuff for you guys, got some good stories, and um, the, my unacceptable, I think, is good. You guys have some great unacceptables, too. Uh, but it is just, I swear to God, it's, you know, and when you do a podcast, you got to look at, like, making sure the sound is working and all that. Speaking of sound, guys, um, hope you could hear the uh, new microphone that I got. I got an upgraded version of what I used to have, and they're telling me that this is the number one podcast microphone on the market uh, so excuse me if the levels aren't right yet. I have this big, massive thing. It's got all these knobs and all these different things on it. So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure. I hope everybody's hearing it okay. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to have a quick, um, well, you know, last time that the podcast came out later, so this one is, is a little earlier, but then we'll eventually get it back to uh, to where it is, unfortunately, with the traveling and especially losing microphones. And this thing I got, this thing is kind of a monstrosity. This is a this is like a big, this, this microphone, they told me that if I had other people in the room sitting far away from it, there's a knob I can hit and they could talk like normally, like from across the room and the knob will make this microphone pick it up as if they're talking into it. So apparently this is some gangster like microphone on steroids. So um, yeah, hopefully it sounded good. Uh, hopefully it sounded good for you guys. Uh, oh guys, I want to thank everybody. I was at I was at the Yonkers Comedy Club. Okay, um, Yonkers Comedy Club. Not many people know about it. They're starting to get really great acts in there. They're starting to do really well. Uh, Yonkers Comedy Club is located in the uh, Ridge Hill like mall. And it's like, I know, a lot of these comedy clubs are, are by malls now. Levity Live is in a mall. Some some great funny bones are in a mall. It's just what they, I don't know. It's just um, 
I guess they want foot traffic, but it works out because you could go fucking go eat at a Chili's, then go to TJ Maxx and be like, oh, let's go laugh tonight. That's what they're doing. But um, I want to thank everybody who came out. I had two really good crowds. It's this amazing little comedy club. It's about a hundred seater. Uh, I did a 7.30 show last night and a 9.45 show last night. And uh, both really great turnouts. I want to thank everybody who came out there. Um, you know, it's cool because I was born in Yonkers. I was born in St. John's Riverside in Yonkers. And uh, to go back and perform there was really cool. You know, and I joked about it being Yonkers and shit, but um, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just, you know, some, some of the neighborhoods aren't great. It's a terrible school system. And, um, but this place is like, not like, this place is great. This, this place is awesome. A uh, shout out to uh, Robbie Slovic and, um, Tara Canna Tracy. I hope I said that right. Uh, but, uh, Tara hosted and did a great job. And then Robbie Slovic, who you guys might've heard on the show before or heard on the Patreon, he, uh, featured, did a great job. And, um, yeah, we had a great time. So honestly, check this club out. A lot of people like to just go to Manhattan to see comedy shows if they're in Westchester. But if you're in Westchester, uh, check it out because they're bringing great, great, uh, comics up, you know, to Westchester for this, for this club. And it's, it's, I had a really, really good time. I think you guys will, uh, will dig the room and it is, it's actually a cool shopping center. Like it's got like high end, I love how I'm trying to sell the shopping. They got a gap, guys. They got a gap and a Legoland. I mean, what else do you... No, but just just <laughs> check out um, Yonkers uh, Comedy Club. And, and thanks. So, uh, shout out to the owner, Jeff, who uh, had me there. And uh, I'll be back. I should probably be back sometime in, uh, in August. But um, the guy who owns it is so New York that it's hilarious. Like, even when he's paying you. He's just like, you know, I appreciate it, man. You're a straight shooter. You know, I'm a straight shooter. Like, it works good. I just like straight like New York, New York guys are just like even guys that are more New York than me. Because even though I lived in Queens, I lived in Manhattan. I've always been within an hour of New York City and I work in New York City and I'm there a lot. I'm not like New York, New York. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like... Like, I got friends that that are from, like, New York. Like, if you talk, you talk to friends from, like, Staten Island or the Bronx that were, like, born and bred, like, been there forever. It's a whole nother thing of New York. Um, and, uh, the, the yeah, the owner of this uh, club reminds, <laughs> reminds me of that. Uh, but uh, had a good... Had a, uh, had a good time there for sure, so check that out. Uh, one thing, guys, that I wanted to do um, that I wanted to do on the show that I didn't get a chance to because I was in Canada and I had a guest was um, I wanted to uh, ask for your guys' help for something, okay? Um, I got this message from one of our listeners, Kaylee, and uh, I think that uh, this is important. I would like you guys to... Um, to, to, to if you can help, but I just wanted to read this. Um, Kaylee is a regular listener of the uh, Verzi Effect podcast, and she is asking for help. And she says, um, "Need some help, Paul. Um, I'm in my city. There was a house fire that took uh, the lives of three people this past uh, Sunday, March 11th, in uh, early uh, morning. So it was like a week and a half ago, or whatever. Is it possible to mention uh, the GoFundMe?" currently running on them. An eight-year-old boy was killed from it, and uh, he was in my daughter's grade, third grade. Also passed was the boy's mother and mother-in-law. Two other children are in the hospital, one in Syracuse, the other in Albany. Their ages are 16 and 18. The father was at work. The family literally lost everything. Our city is torn apart right now, and there's a GoFundMe page 
uh, for the surviving family members. If you could please just mention this quickly on your podcast to anyone who's interested in helping out the family, please take a look. Um, here is the link, guys. This is a terrible tragedy that happened to these people, to this town, um, and to somebody you know who, who knows them and listens to the show. And um, if you guys can go and help out, um, you go to uh, gofundme.com uh, slash uh, Alshami. Uh, L, I'm sorry, A-L. Gofundme.com slash A-L-S-H-A-M-I. Okay, that's A-L-S-H-A-M-I dash house dash fire dash in dash R-E-N S-S-E-L-A-E-R-N-Y. I guess that's uh, Rensselaer. I'm sorry, I don't even know how to say that uh, that name. Um, Rensselaer. Rensselaer, New York. Anyway, GoFundMe.com slash Alshami, A-L-S-H-A-M-I dash house dash fire dash in dash R-E-N. S-S-E-L-A-E-R-N-Y and help these people out. Uh, it's a terrible thing that happened and I'm looking at the picture. I'm seeing the house after it was uh, you know, burned and it's just, uh, it's just horrifying. So uh, any small donation to that would, um, you know, would, uh, would really help out and I'll post that. Um, I will post that. So I just wanted to... Uh, put that on there and uh, Kaylee thank you very much for for putting that um, submission in and uh, anything that I could do anybody else who's got a podcast or anything like that please help out help these people as as much as you can because I'm sure the families need any little bit that they can considering um, this has been probably the I mean this is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to them so um and uh, yeah, it's brutal. The, the the article about the mother uh, died trying to save her family and stuff. It's fucking brutal. And um, yeah, so thank you for the submission and anything that you guys can do to help. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to get funny now in the podcast. I probably should have done that later. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just one of those things where I wanted to make sure and get that out. But um, yeah, it's brutal, man. Life is that's that's a really really terrible thing. Um, I guess what we'll do, since that was submitted and I have the page open here, let's do the, um, we'll do the other, we'll do the un- other unacceptables, okay, and then after that, um, I'll do my unacceptable, which is a, a really good story with Lloyd that I like to tell you guys, because it's, uh, and what I did was ridiculous, so the unacceptable will be on me this time, but here we go uh, to the unacceptables. Another boss unacceptable, this is from uh, Levi, says, hey Paul, uh, so I'm in my cubicle, working uh, on some code. What does he say here? I'm in my cubicle working on some code, listening to Rush Limbaugh podcast. Rush is commenting on a picture of Stormy Daniels taking a lie detector test. He describes a picture by saying that she's wearing this tight-fitting yellow top that already shows, uh, shows off her giant cans. Uh, he goes on to say that the shirt looks like it's struggling to stay on her body. So I'm thinking, shit, I got to see this. So I go to Google. Stormy Daniels taking lie detector test and some images and news articles come up in the search results. I get the feeling that somebody is watching me, so I take my headphones off to minimize the Google search results screen. Uh, I turn around and there's my boss standing behind me. 
my first thought was, what the fuck, dude? He tells me it's okay and that he just wanted to know about some stupid status uh, report that he had already asked me about several times that week. I sarcastically say to him, didn't we already talk about this yesterday? He says, oh yeah, you're right. Well, just checking. Unacceptable, this sneaky little worm spying on me. Uh, and shame on me for thinking I could Google some non-work-related content and not have that <laughs> shithead randomly burst into my cubicle without announcing himself first. Throw this MF in a cage full of micromanaging bosses that ask him every two seconds what he's working on. Thanks, Paul. Love the podcast and eagerly awaiting your special. Um, I love how the unacceptable is your boss behind you while you're looking at Stormy Daniels' cleavage in a yellow shirt that Rush Limbaugh said was coming off. <laughs> Maybe your boss is on to you and just like documenting all this shit. This is hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's funny that you're being micromanaged, but the fact that like your boss who needs to get shit done is standing behind you and goes, no, no, it's all right with the porn stuff, but did you do that thing? He might be, he may be tracking you, dude. You may get a call into his office. You seriously may get a call into his office one day and just have him be like, look, man, uh, I know it seems like I've been micromanaging you, but you've been looking at titties on here on a daily basis. And then he just starts pulling shit up from November, just printing stuff up. You looked at this. You looked at that. He's going to have a folder on you, man. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love how you're at work. This guy is trying to run a department. That is the funniest thing. Uh, thank you for the submission. I hear you, though. It's just hilarious. Um, this one is uh, this one is an image. It says, the, attack, the attached picture reminds me of those private rooms in video rental stores assigned to porn movies. Uh, looks like they're shaming smokers. Yeah, and they just sent me a picture of this like little area, like a back room, and it's got all these tobacco laws and tobacco signs and things about tobacco there. So I guess it's kind of one of those reminders of like, but yeah, they, they kind of went all out for something like that. Um, that's a little eerie too. Uh, thank you for the uh, submission. Okay, guys, here we go. Are you guys ready? This is a rare, he's come out of the darkness, folks. He has shown himself. The Dark Knight, the Shakespeare of shit. Or should I say the Brown Knight? Kelly Meyer, the Shakespeare of shit, has sent his presence, sent an unbelievable, unbelievable IBS story that we are going to do here on episode 349 for you people, okay? Because you deserve it. And here we go. Are you guys ready? IBS at 3,000 feet. Kelly Meyer, back on the program. Here we go. Paul, been a while since I've had an IBS unacceptable. As fun as it is to entertain you and the TVE fans with my horrific experiences of shitting myself, <laughs> I have really been trying to stay away from IBS triggering foods and was even taking some medication for a while. I'm not trying to be nearly 40 and shitting my pants on a regular basis anymore. I'm sure uh, you can understand. Yes, and I definitely do. Like, you don't want to be, I get it. I get it. You reach a certain age, you're like, let me get my shit together, literally. 
Uh, this one will be a bit long, so buckle up and make sure your seat backs and tray tables are upright and uh, are in the upright and locked position. Oh boy, they are going to be in their upright and locked position. I fly a lot for work, enough so that I usually get upgraded to first class due to my uh, airline status. As much as I fly, I've never had to shit on a plane before, let alone had an IBS episode on a flight. On February 28th, 2018, a day that will live in infamy, that all changed. I was working in Nashville and I stayed busy right up until the time I had to leave for the airport. I was getting ready to leave when one of my coworkers said they've ordered pizza that would be there any minute. Knowing what pizza does to me, uh, I would have normally declined. However, it's 4 p.m. I haven't eaten anything all day except for banana at 6.30 a.m. and I was starving. The pizza came and I wolfed down three pieces in record time. I grabbed my bags, ran out uh, to the taxi stand and waited and waited and waited. At this point, I was afraid I'd be late from my flight. I finally caught a cab and headed to the airport. And of course, traffic sucked the whole way. Uh, when I dropped off my luggage at the bag check, the agent told me that uh, boarding my flight had just begun. The line at TSA was long, and I ran from TSA to my gate to find that everyone had already boarded. I ran up to the gate uh, and checked in with the agent. I was the last one to board. Okay. The agent told me I would have to, uh, to gate check my small suitcase and carry uh, on my backpack. Uh, I said, I'm sitting in first class, so I'd like to keep it with me if that's okay. She explained that all overhead space has already been filled. This part of the story may seem mundane, but it is crucial later on. I got on the plane to find all but a few people were already seated. I got settled in, and, the, uh, and they closed the door on the plane uh, just after I was seated. The sudden jolt of the plane as it began taxiing to the runway caused an awakening within my bowels. The urge to shit went from non-existent to immediate and panicking. <laughs> that greasy pizza uh, I had eaten earlier was about to erupt. I unbuckled and stood to use the restroom and the flight attendant yelled at me immediately to return to my seat. Feeling defeated and desperate, I sat back down. <laughs> Each time the plane moved or shifted, caused my pain to increase exponentially. I held on and clenched. I prayed. I may have cried a little. As we took off, uh, the pain felt like a hot knife being slowly turned in my colon. Uh, I couldn't hide it as I shifted. <laughs> as I shifted and turned in my seat and the lady sitting next to me noticed. She said, uh, sir, are you okay? The question startled me. I turned toward her to answer, but realized every ounce of strength within me was being directed to my sphincter. <laughs> I tried to speak, but words wouldn't come. I think I was able to mumble, need bathroom. I could see her examining my face <laughs> and, realized I was sweating, and realized I was sweating bullets. I'm crying right now, and I know Kelly and his face. This is so funny. If I had been alone or in a car or something, I would have already let go. <laughs> At some point, the cleanup is not worth the pain. But being on a plane with 200 people, as God was my witness, I was not going to shit my pants. At the very moment, I had lost all hope. Uh, a miracle. Uh, 
Ding, the plane chimed, letting us know we had passed 10,000 feet, or more importantly, you could move from your seat. Standing uh, required that I divert some energy from my anus to my legs. Uh, very slowly, I rose from my seat. I took one step towards the bathroom and was pleasantly surprised that standing up had alleviated some of my pain, and now I was quite certain I would make it. Just before entering the bathroom, I had an epiphany. My backpack stays with me at all times, and I always have a spare, uh, spare boxer briefs in my backpack. I should bring those with me to the bathroom just in case. I went back to my seat, bent down, and grabbed the backpack. The boxers weren't there. In my delirious state, I had forgotten uh, that I had repacked all of my bags due to the amount of luggage I had on this 25-day trip. I had taken the boxers out of the backpack and never put them back in. They were now in my gate-checked suitcase. Dejected, I bent to put my backpack under the seat when it happened. Without warning, shit started free-flowing from my ass. The mission was no longer prevention. It was now about damage control. Uh, I was only four short steps from the bathroom, so I hustled. Uh, got into the bathroom and slammed the door behind me. I was able to stop the flow by standing... <laughs> by standing on my tiptoes and clinching as hard as I could. <laughs> After fumbling with my pants, I got them down, sat in the toilet and unloaded. Finally, being free from the excruciating pain of holding it can only be described as cathartic. For a brief moment, I think I achieved total enlightenment. <laughs> but that moment was brief and fleeting. I opened <laughs> the writing. You got to write a book. You got to write a book. The opened my, I opened my eyes to look down and see the vile mess I had left in my pants. It was like I was looking at the scariest parts of the Bible up close and in person. So here I stood, naked from the waist down, in an airplane bathroom that isn't even big enough to bend over inside. First, I cleaned myself off. My boxers were goners. Um, they went immediately in the trash. Uh, I made a, uh, a makeshift washing tub with hand soap and water in a tiny little airplane bathroom sink. I hand scrubbed my jeans as best I could and sat there on the toilet trying frantically to dry the wet spots of my pants. <laughs> uh, at least 20 minutes had passed. There were three separate knocks on the door which I had address uh, which I had to address as well, including I assume a flight attendant asking if everything was okay. I contemplated suicide as a better option than going back out and facing the other passengers as I was certain there was a line of people waiting to get in there and uh, waiting to get in there was 0% chance they couldn't smell this on the other side of the door. Oh my god. The back of my pants were still noticeably wet when I exited the bathroom. I was surprised to see the flight attendant standing between me and the cockpit and she looked genuinely concerned as I asked as and asked if everything was okay. I told her I was fine. I turned towards my seat and it felt like 200 sets of eyes were focused on me. I stepped back down in the aisle seat and the lady next to me shifted her seat away from me and leaned towards the window. I sat in silence and shame for the next two hours. I can't help but think I would have made it if I didn't go back for the spare set of underwear that wasn't there. Uh, I don't really embarrass easily. But I believe this was the most embarrassing experience of my life. I hate to say it, but it might be 
time to say goodbye to pizza indefinitely. Another reason to contemplate suicide. Unacceptable. Oh. <laughs> Kelly Meyer coming out of hiding and sending an absolute gem. Oh my God, dude. That is so, dude, the way you write it and talk is just, I mean, you got to write a book. Just memoirs of an irritable bowel or something, something, because it is just, it is poetic. And yeah, that's the thing. You know, you went back for the, you went back for the boxer briefs. I get it though. I mean, it's a good idea. You just didn't know. I just, the, the, the tossing and turning in the seat seat before. And uh, I've met Kelly on a couple of occasions. He's come out to shows. And then when I was out in Milwaukee, you guys know the story when me and Bartnick went, were with uh, Kelly. And just knowing Kelly um, in the, you know, just hanging with him a couple of times and just knowing like the type of dude he is, it makes it even funnier. Um, so thank you so much. Never disappoint. I'm not even doing another one after that. If you guys want to send your unacceptables, please submit them to unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. But that was freaking ridiculous, man. Um, Oh my God, that is, <laughs> dude, I have been, first of all, when you go to the bathroom, okay, that's like after four minutes, people think you're shitting, you know, like you're either getting sick or shitting. Cause let, let's say three minutes is a lot to pee. You go in, pull your pants down, you pee. By the time your pee's done, you get up, you pull your pants up or you do all that stuff, flush the toilet, wash your hands. Let's just say three minutes for argument's sake. We'll be conservative and say three minutes, okay? That's when you start to panic like, oh, man, do people know I'm in here? Like, what's going on? You know, this is getting a little, it gets a little like, you're like, oh, man, somebody's going to say something. You get worried about the door knocking, right? 20 minutes is so funny and hilarious because it's clearly you're either getting sick, something is going something is going on. And Lord knows the sounds that were coming from there. Oh my god, yeah, getting out must have been they must have been like, dude, this guy is either doing freaking who knows Lord knows what this guy's doing in there. Um oh, that is so freaking funny, dude. I yeah, I've never had I've the worst the worst experience I ever had was having to go to the bathroom while driving stick shift on a highway. And the I you really do contemplate you just shit everywhere, but you can't do that. Um I was in my wife's Lexus truck the other day and um I I had to go and I, I was on the phone with Bobby Kelly and he was making me laugh and I go, dude, don't just don't make me laugh. and he's crying laughing. He's coughing and he's almost throwing up laughing because I, I had to go. And I almost, I almost had to hang up because I just could not deal with it. Like it was just too much. It was just too much to deal with. And and luckily I, I was able to settle and, and find somewhere. But on a plane, no, that's never happened to me on a plane. Uh, thank you guys so much for the submissions. And please submit. Uh, also, you could submit to, um, you know, uh, Twitter as well. Uh, now I will give you guys my unacceptable. Um, wait, do I have time for more? No, you know what? Just send me your guys' unacceptables, and I will read it on the. I'll read it on the show for sure. Um, my unacceptable is uh, this is, is about me. Okay, I did this. All right. So what happened was Lloyd got out the other day. All right, and Lloyd gets out sometimes. And when Lloyd gets out, you know we don't have the electric fence yet. We're gonna do something, but right now we just take him for walks, and he'll, or he'll stay outside on his runner, and he comes in the house. When he gets out, he it's like a free-for-all for him, all right? And he's got a couple of go-tos, all right? Like, so if you come out of the house, down to the uh, left, 
There's a couple of houses with dogs in the backyard. He'll run down there. Across the street are two dogs. And then straight ahead and up the street are just big uh, backyards. So I'm up in the woods. It's a lot of either flat backyards with a lot of land or a lot of big backyards with just woods, literally just woods. So I know his hot spots. I know where Lloyd likes to go. There's certain places that he definitely likes to go and, and pick and choose. All right. So I got... You know, the kids are all crying. Who let him out? You were the last one out. Everybody's kind of freaking out. It doesn't matter. The dog is not in the house. So I grab a bag of treats. I grab a leash and I start walking and I start looking for him. And I'm looking for him I'm like, where'd he go? So someone's like, I saw him running up the hill. So I'm like, shit. All right. So I, uh, I'm like, all right, let me get in my wife's car. So I get, I get into the truck and I grab the leash and the treats, and I'm starting to go up, and I'm looking, and I don't see him, and I'm opening the windows going, Lloydy, Lloydy, where you at? I'm shaking the bag, and sure enough, in the rearview mirror, this asshole's just running in the middle of the street towards me. So I wait for him to get near the car. I open the pa- I put it in park. I open the passenger side door. He comes in, and I'm patting the passenger. Come here, boy. Come on. Come on. And he just looks in and is like, nope, fuck this, Dad. I'm free. And he just starts running in backyards. So he runs in his backyard. I pull the truck into the driveway. I start looking for him, and he just is gone. So now I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I'm like, all right, let me go home, put the car in park, and I'll just walk around and try to find the dog because he's in backyards. The car's not going to do me any good right now. So the kids are in the window, scared. They're looking, like, what's going on? I put the car, I put the car in the driveway, and I start walking around, and he's walking around in backyards. And I'm just, I'm just watching him. And like, I'm like, Lloyd, get over here. And he's looking at me and he'll run past me and he's going all deep in these backyards and I'm trying to sh- you know, show him the treats. And as I'm walking, I look down and I realize that I am wearing limited edition, very, very expensive Nike Air Max limited edition insane sneakers. Okay. Like these sneakers are so ridiculous. I was in the mall. Okay, like th- these are these were a gift. They're made different. The materials made different. You can look up like the Air Max, uh, Air Max patches. It's a crazy. People said it's like in the top five sneaker of all time. Some people argue that. All right, so like this is I was wearing these ridiculous sneakers. Now there's mud and snow everywhere, and I'm looking for my dog, and I'm in these sneakers. These sneakers. I was in the mall, and I went into a finish line in the mall, right, and uh, I go in there, and I'm just like looking at the wall, and this kid like approaches me, this employee. And he goes, hey, man, sick Air Maxes, dude. Those are the patches. He goes, you know, I saw somebody with those. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what size are they? And I go, oh, I'm a size 10. And he turns over and he looks. What the hell was that? What the fuck was that? Oh, jeez. Like a song on iTunes or something just started, like a link. What the hell? That just scared me. I'm like, and then he looks at the employee and then. Uh. <laughs> so he goes, what size are the shoes? And I go, 10. And he looks over at this employee, this black kid. He goes, he goes, I told you, I told you they were 10. These guys were betting on my shoe size as I walked in, okay? And they're looking at my sneaker. He's like, dude, those are some of the sickest sneakers ever. And he's like, those are size 10. Yeah, he's like, I tried, you know, offering guys, some guys some money. So anyway, I'm in there. I end up buying something and I go to the counter. And um, he was like, no, man, in all seriousness, dude, how much for your sneakers? And I'm not kidding, guys. I could have got in a pretty penny for these sneakers. Like if I would have told a guy 500 cash, if I seriously would have told a guy, he would have given me 500 cash. I think I bought something there for like a little over 100. I'd have made close to 400 dollars having these sneakers. 
okay? And now I am outside in my neighborhood. My dog is running through snow and mud. My kids are like crying and want me to get the dog. I got a leash and food in my in my pocket and I'm trying to like tiptoe. I'm like tiptoeing through backyards and snow and every time I stepped, I kept looking at my sneakers and um, I can't I can't get the dog. So I finally go inside and the kids are like, where is he? Is he all right? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I got to get, I got to just, I'm going to go back out. I go, why don't some of you, why don't some of you guys come out on the, you know, call him, call him with me. And we see him in the thing and he's just running through neighborhoods. And I'm like, all right, let me get something. And I run back out to get him and I still don't change my shoes. And I'm looking for him. And then I see him in my neighbor's backyard and he's looking at me and then he's in it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get this. So now I'm walking in the snow. I'm walking. So he keeps going deeper in the woods, deeper in the woods and there's mud. And it's just, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like tiptoeing around twigs and shit. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, all right, it's just snow. And I'm looking at these expensive sneakers. I'm like, if I ruin these sneakers, I'm going to kill this dog. And finally I get close to him and he's looking down and I go, Lloydie. And he looks up at me and he freezes like a deer and his eyes are looking directly at me and I'm looking directly at him. And then I come up with this great idea in my mind. I go, I know what I'm going to do. Watch this. I got an idea. I'm going to ignore him and walk the other way. And I literally turned it into like a high school relationship where it's like, you act like you don't care and she'll come to you. And I literally look at my dog. He's looking at me and I go, all right, Lloyd, take care then. Have fun out here. And I turn around and I start walking in the other direction. And for a second, I'm like, you're a genius. You're a fucking genius. It's working. It's working. The dog's coming to you. And the dog is slowly walking to me. And he's slowly walking to me and he's slowly walking to me. And right as he gets to my side, I'm like, he's going to get to my side and I'm going to be able to walk him right to the house. And right before I could grab his collar, he's like, nope, boom, and just out again. He's like, I'm not that stupid. I'll follow you, see if, see if you want to play games out here, but I'm not coming home. And now he's running and now I'm pissed. He's running far in backyards. My shoes are, you know, getting dirty, but not super dirty, just snow on the sides and all that. And I'm just like, you know what? This is, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. Now it's been like a half hour. Kids are at the window looking, you know. My son has a championship flag football game, and he's a half hour away, and he's like, I can't even think of the game. I just want the dog back. And I'm going like, and I was just like, I, I'm done. I'm done with it. Let him come back when he comes back. I was just really, I had it. I was pissed. Dog's playing games. He's running away. And I get back in the house, and here's my unacceptable. I get back in the house. The kids are there. My son opens the door. He goes, where is he, Dad? I mean, you know what? I don't know. He's wanted to, If he gets hit by a car, he gets hit by a car. And... um yeah. Don't ever do that. Don't ever say that. Uh, <laughs> my son just looked up at me in horror and he goes, really? Are you serious? And I, and I just, in that moment, I'm like, dude, you gotta, and I go, no, I'm going to get him. I just, he's just such a, and I was just like, and my wife just looked at me like, did you just tell your eight year old son and your five year old daughter, if he gets hit by a car, he gets hit by a car. And I'm just like, oh my God, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So uh, I was like, all right, let me get my boots on. I take the sneakers off and I got peace of mind there. I get my boots on. I grab more treats. I grab the leash and I go out and now he's nowhere to be found. I go to all of his hot spots. I look in all the backyards. I don't see my dog. And I'm like, man, this could be bad. And all that's going through my head is, am I going to have to make flyers? Am I going to have to like all this shit? Like what's going to happen? You know, I don't know what to do. And, uh, 
Finally, across the street, as I'm looking for him, the neighbor lets her two dogs out, and there's like an uh, electric fence, so they can't get past it. So they're barking, they're coming up to me, they're barking, but they can't go past the barrier. And Lloyd, sure enough, he hears it, and who pops up? He pops up from behind. He was in another neighbor's yard, and he runs across the street, and now he's with the three He's with, the three of them are just running around right in front of me. I got treats. And every time I tried to get in there playing, wrestling, they're sniffing each other's asses and shit. Uh, you know, it's, it's just like an orgy of licking each other's asses and privates. They're just sitting there. You know, dogs don't care. And right when I'm about to grab him, he runs in the backyard. And I'm like, I want these dogs to be cool with me because they bark. So I give the dogs treats, you know, to let those dogs know, hey, this guy's cool. If he wants to walk in our backyard, he can walk in the backyard. And I find Lloyd... Uh, running around the house, and then he runs up on the railing, and I'm like, oh, I could get him. He's on the stair railing. He's got nowhere to go, and right when I go to get him, boom, he flies to the side, back into the backyard, and I'm like, man, I hope he stays back here, so I walk around, and I'm playing games with him, and I'm like, Lloyd, you're really pissing me off, dude. You're really pissing me off, okay, and I go back there, and there's this big wooden deck with like two flights, and he's at the top of it, so I'm like, yes, I got him. There's no way I'm not going to get him. And I'm like, I just need to get to the entrance before he gets down. So he starts to come down when he sees me going up. And then he gets down the first stairs. But then I'm there. And right when he comes to the second, I froze him. And he runs back up. And I hear the door sliding up there. And the lady let him in the house. She sees me. She's like, I got him. And then I come in. Finally, I put the leash on him. I thank the lady. And I just looked at him like, dude, I hope you had a good time. All right? I hope... You had a fucking good time because you're in trouble, buddy. All right, I hope those 45 minutes, I hope you ran through the snow. I hope you got your, I hope you pissed a lot. I hope you claimed territory, whatever it is you needed to do because you're in trouble. And I'm talking to the lady and she's, I'm like, yeah, this is my dog's Lloyd. I'm sorry. We live across the street. She's like, no, no problem. You know, he seems like a good boy, everything like that. And I swear to you people, as I'm walking away, I thank her. I say, yeah, you know, have a good, she goes, oh, let me ask you something. She goes, is that black cat yours, that brown cat? And I just started laughing, and I go, no, but he's harassing my animal. She goes, I know, me too. She goes, my guys, she, this cat's driving us crazy. I go, man, you have no idea. You have no idea what this cat's doing to our family. Okay, 2 o'clock, and you have no idea what's going on with this cat. All right, and she goes, oh, good. She goes, now that I know it's yours, she goes, maybe we could capture it. Or no, she goes, what did she say? Yeah, maybe we could get it and then see if it's got a chip or something. And I was hoping she'd say, maybe we could capture it and kill it. All right, and then hang it in one of our houses and let, send a message like Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, but it was so funny because this neighborhood, this cat is terrorizing animals throughout the neighborhood and she understood it. So then I'm walking home with Lloyd and he's just looking at me and I'm like, dude, you fucked up. You know, you shouldn't have done that and everything like that. And we go home. The kids are happy, and then, um, you know, as far as Lloyd, I just beat the shit out of him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, he was, you know, he, he knew. He knew. He had his head down, and the animals know, but uh, that is my unacceptable, okay? Don't ever tell your children, yeah, he gets hit by a car, he gets hit by a car. All right, go knock him dead in that game tonight. Like, it was, it was not cool. It was bad. Like, the kids were not... You know, the kids were not happy, and I'm lucky that I got the dog, but, um, yeah, and the fact that I thought I could, like, play hard to get with a wild fucking half of a wolf in the woods, 
thinking I could be like, you know what, then I'm leaving. And he he's just going to be like, no, come back. It's like, I'm a wild, I'm supposed to be here, dickhead. Don't you understand that? Like, this is where I'm supposed to be here. This is what, like, my family comes from this. My aunt, like, I am a, I'm a wild animal that belongs out here. Okay, do you think you going, all right, well, see you later, Lloyd. <laughs> like, he's going to give a shit? No, he's an animal. He's gonna. He would have stayed out there the whole fucking night and hunted. And I'm thinking that I'm going to, like, you know, you know, play this game with him. So that is my unacceptable, and that is the Lloyd story yesterday. And it let me know I got to get some kind of tracker on this dog or I have to get, like, we have to get this fence. Once all this snow, I didn't realize we are going to have a fucking nor'easter every two days. But once this snow melts and all that shit goes away, uh, we are definitely going to get the invisible fence, the electric fence, and try to um, to fix this for sure. Um, because this problem, like, he just gets out and he is just, you know, he just wants to run. He just wants to run. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it that he wants to do that. But, like, he has to have some sort of, like, listening. He's got to listen. He's got to have recall. Because if the dog had recall and he was, I would let him just run around in our yard and say, hey, stay over there, stay over here. But he that's something that he did not learn yet. And that's something that he needs to learn for sure. Um, so that is that. Let's, um, what else is going on here? Oh, yeah. So let's talk about, there's a, a lot of these uh, marches going on, these marches uh, for gun regulations and all this stuff that the, the students and everything. And I got to tell you, you know. Um, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful to anybody here, especially women, but this is a march more that I could get behind. And I understand what women were doing, but I just feel like at the time, if you really look at it technically, technically that march wasn't to get women any rights that they don't have. And that's all that I'm saying. So I'm not trying to be an asshole, ladies. I'm not trying to be, I get it. You know, the president in office has said things about women and you guys organize something to show that you're gonna, you're not going to take that shit. I get that, all right? But that to me wasn't like this one where this one is like, no, people are dying and if a law can be made to save even one life, then that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I feel that this is something that... Um, you know, one thing that I thought was really powerful, like I have mentioned, was when the kids said, the adults have failed us, and now it's time for us to step up. The adults have failed. That was really powerful to hear, like to hear that, you know, somebody, to, to hear a kid say that was like, oh shit, like, you know, and um, listen, laws still need to be, still need to be made and all that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you guys know my opinion on it. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe, you know, people should have the right to, to, um, bare arms and all that, but I definitely think psychological tests, I don't think that, you know, like I've mentioned, somebody should be able to go get a fucking, you know, gun that you press the trigger and a fucking Rambo, like 19 shells come out in one second and blow it like a fucking bazooka. I think there should be definitely regulations. And if that saves people, like I was talking about last time with, you know, the regulations that have happened in Britain and happened in um, Australia and, and Asia with the psychological tests and the shooting tests and all that stuff and making it really, really hard for anybody to, to do that. Um, I, even if it helps a little bit, I, I'm totally for it. So, um, you know. I will say some of the kids that are on like Time Magazine, they're walking around like they're, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong, what they're doing is good, but some of them like, you know, some of them go a little, act are acting a little bit like, you know, they're fucking, let's, let's not get crazy here. Let, let's try to get the law and, you know, I get it though. If I was that age and I was, you know, that would be happening, maybe I would do it too. But, you know, some of them were making comments and like acting like they're a little, uh, you know, they were acting like a little more than it's like, how about you just fucking get this thing going instead of, you know, don't worry. 
You'll get a fucking, uh, you know, um, <laughs> whatever. I just saw something. One or one or two of them did something that annoyed me where it was like they went away from the cause and they were just talking about themselves in a certain way. And it was just like, all right, I get it. You're getting fame and you're getting that stuff. But let's, you know. Um, but hey, these kids are what, 13, 14, 15, whatever it is. So whatever, you can't. I, I, I'll give a pass for this one, but uh, it's it's really remarkable to see that um, kids really started this, and people out there are are trying to to do something. So, you know, see what happens, and uh, you know, all you could do is hope for the best and hope that something gets done that will save a life of a you know of a child or a, a, a you know a teacher. You know what's crazy about it is like with all the shootings and everything going on, I was talking to my five-year-old daughter, Sophia, and I was holding her and I said, well, what are you going to be when you grow up, you know? And she was, I'm going to be a teacher. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to be an art teacher or something. And listen, she's five. Nobody knows. I mean, she could go into a million different things. You know, she might want to be a fucking astronaut or a, a gorilla next week. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to make is her saying that, you know, her talking about that, did cross my mind of like, wow, I wonder, like, as soon as she said teacher, all I was thinking was, wow, I hope she never has to shield her students of bullets. Like, that's something that actually crossed my mind. And the fact that, like, in this day and age, you have to say that or think that. Like, a five-year-old girl, I'm going to be a teacher, daddy. And in your mind, you're like, well, I hope it's safe. Because I, you know, and that that was just something that made me realize, like, you know, something, something does need to be done. Um, somehow, some way, you know, and it shouldn't be a political thing, as I mentioned, guys. I'm not going to go into that shit and talk about it. You know, I've already talked about it, but um, I never like when issues like this get political. I don't think they should be. I think they should just be logical issues that logical people could sit down and talk about. But because a certain side has a position and a stance and the other side has such an opposite one, it turns into that. And that's what the shame is. That's when it becomes teams and who's winning and this and that and all that stuff. So, um, Unfortunately, a lot of people don't see the areas of gray, and there's a ton of areas of gray in life and in politics, and I think more people need to see that shade um, and, and just do, you know, do something that's right, you know, so it's, there you go, you know, like, it's, it's almost like, um, you know, like, if, if a woman marches in the march, and one woman is just marching peacefully and just, you know, has a sign that says, like, you know, you shouldn't talk to women like that or something like that. I could get behind it. But when a woman's wearing a pink vagina hat, screaming, it's my pussy in front of a six-year-old kid with her fat, ugly face and like no real reason why she's doing it. Like I can't, I can't deal with that shit, you know. Um, and, you know, so, and that's where I am with everything in politics across the board. But I, I think that if anything could be done, like I said, so I will leave it at that. Um, and... What else? Let's get into a little bit of sports. Well, nothing really going on in sports, except the Yankees are going to be awesome. And, of course, one of my favorite players on the Yankees, Greg Bird, the first baseman, is hurt again. And I hope this is not going to become the legacy of this guy's career uh, because he only played 48 games last year and he crushed it. And he's the type of guy that could put up so many home runs, but he's just hurt. I know half of you guys tapped out of the podcast because I'm talking about sports. But um, I'm looking forward to the Yankee season. The NCAA tournament is uh going on right now and uh i'm gonna watch i want to watch uh the the duke game which is going on um 
it's hard to watch. Like I was performing, Duke was playing Syracuse in the tournament, and I was performing at Stand Up New York. And it's just hard when like people are leaving the show and you're trying to watch. Like, oh, good job. There was a party of drunk women, and they were actually really cool. They were Puerto Rican and one Dominican, and they were hammered, and they was there for their birthday. And they were actually really cool and respectful. Like they talked, but then they would like talk and laugh and then listen to a joke. And they it was it wasn't a group of people that should be destroyed. But I will tell you something. They were going in sexually, like talking about blowjobs. And then I'm standing outside the show. And they come in, and this one like this one Puerto Rican woman was like, oh, I'm sorry, did you just hear that? And I'm like, no, what'd you say? And she goes, no, nothing, I'm sorry, excuse me. And I'm like, no, now I want to know, because I didn't know if she said something about me. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm not, you know I've been drinking when I'm out here talking about anal sex. And I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> somebody's having fun at their girlfriend's. I mean, they were so aggressive. And they were like, you were so funny. You were so... And the girl whose birthday it was, this girl Barbara, she was like this um, this Puerto Rican woman. And she was, I would say like in her 40s or whatever. And she goes, come here, Paul, come here. And she goes, uh, I like you. You married? You married? She goes, not for me. I'm gay. Not for me. I'm gay. But you married? She goes, my sister and you? Forget it. You and my sister be perfect. And, and this and that. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm married. Should I have a family? And she's like, oh, man. Okay. Well, you know, you you want to mind. You be good. You, and I, it was just so forward and funny. It wasn't even, it was just hilariously over the top aggressive that it was, it's only happened to me a couple times. But like these women were talking about anal sex and they were like dressed nice. It was hilarious. Not that anal sex and... <laughs> And dressing down should go. But you just don't think you're going to hear, like, you hear that. You know, like, hear, like, anal sex talk from people that are, like, out and drinking. You know, at a really nice place, dressed nice. You know, you think you're talking anal sex. You think, like, you know, two teeth missing in the back, smoking a cigarette at Yonkers Raceway. You know? <laughs> you know, you don't think, that's what you think, you know? You think, you don't think it's going to be. You know, it just—it was just wild. These women were wild and fun and just having a good time. They were hilarious. They were all outside waiting for Uber, and the 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 lesbian one who, whose birthday when she came, she goes, "I'm sorry, you mind if I hang out in here?" Yeah, I'm not staying out there. It's cold as shit out there. I'm gonna just hang out in here. And like they were closing, and she just didn't give a shit. It was really funny. They were actually really nice and really funny people. Um, but anyway, I brought that up because I was trying to watch the Duke Syracuse game in there, and you just can't with shit like that going on. And I, I've said it before, I don't understand, if you love your team, you can't be in, like, public, like, you gotta be, like, just love, like, be an alcoholic, or just be a regular at a bar to sit there and watch a game constantly that you love. Like, with boxing or UFC, you could do it, you know, you could definitely do it, but, um, you know. Like, I've been performing, and I've there'd be a UFC fight at a comedy club. Um, there, you know, I mean, there'd be a UFC fight at a bar next to the comedy club, and I'd go in and get wings of beer because it was, like, already 1130, the main event. And, like, you could do that with a crowd of people because in a fight like that, it's either, like, the guy's getting the shit kicked out of him or he's not, you know? So it's, you're just watching it like that. It's either one guy's winning, the other guy. Like, with a game, it's, like, who's passing? Should they call timeout? You know, who's playing well? Who's rebounding? Or in football, it's, like, you know, all these different things that you got to really watch and sit down and concentrate. It's not like a fight. Um, so I don't understand how people do that. Um, oh, and I wanted to, I wanted to shout out that apparently I have some young listeners. That's where I want to shout out, uh, my neighbor, Jeff Bain. Um, he hits me up and he says, Paul, who is your youngest TVE listener? 
in the country, do you know who that person is? Or not in the country, in the world. I know I got people out there in, in Croatia listening right now. Shout out to Croatia. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, well, I think my son Aiden is. And his son Aiden, shout out to you, Aiden. Aiden is in sixth grade and he listens to the Verzi effect. And uh, I was like, that's awesome. And then I was like, now nah, I feel like I got to watch, you know, watch what I say. I, I know that I've had people go, hey, yeah, my son walked by and heard you say something. But like Aiden listens to the show. And uh, apparently he likes the, the, the Verzi Effect podcast. Um, Aiden is a big Yankee fan. I, he came over to the house and we were talking about, um, you know, what we think is going to happen with uh, Giancarlo Stanton and um, Judge and the amount of home runs and what's going to go on and everything like that. So I didn't know Aiden, your dad told me you listened to the show and that you were the youngest TVE listener out there. I think you are. I don't know any other sixth graders who listen on a regular basis. So shout out to Aiden Bain and uh, Jeff Bain, the Baines. Great family. I know them. And uh, thanks for making me feel like a complete piece of shit with my language. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like one day my daughter's going to listen to this. I get that. But like when you know, like like you're, you're hoping that that's later. And now it's just like, no, there's young kids listening to this shit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So shout out to uh, all the young TVE listeners. Let's let's get let's get the next generation up listening to this thing. Um, that's pretty much it for sports. Like I said, I'm interested in the Final Four, and um, the Giants got rid of Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, you know, he was a good Giant. He was a great Giant when he was healthy. He won a Super Bowl with us. What could you do? You know, I'm hoping we get Barkley. Um, I'm hearing that we might. Get a quarterback. We'll see what happens with the draft, but that that's going to be exciting to see too. Um, movies, guys. I did not see any movies. Uh, did I? No. No. Bartnick was over, and of course, you know what me and Bartnick love to watch together is Shark Tank. We we're watching that Shark Tank where the Asian guy was crying. Did you guys see that? The Asian guy who made like really expensive uh, golf putters. And him and his partner, and they're like, he's like, I need this money. And he starts crying, and they're like, why do you need it? He's like, my wife is in Japan, and she can't come. And they're like, why can't she come? And this dude broke down. He's like, her family does. Like, this guy wasn't crying. This guy was weeping. He's like, her family doesn't believe in me. You know, they're really, you know, from a Japanese culture, and they don't believe in my dream. And I need money to get her to stay. Dude, and they're crying. Barbara's crying. And Mr. Wonderful, Kevin, was just crying. He's like, it's really touch, You know, and he's like, yeah, this is touching. You know, they're all crying, wiping their eyes. And Mark Cuban could give a shit. Mark Cuban's like, all right. You know, um, and I guess the guy did end up getting a deal. But this guy was crying. Um, and uh, I just love, like, if that's part of the tactic. Or remember that one guy who was like, I'm not leaving without a deal. One guy was like Southern. He's like, I'm not leaving here without a deal. I'm not leaving. And they all said no. They're all like, uh, I'm out. And he goes, I'm not leaving without a deal. And they're like, you have to. And he's like, okay, take care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave without a deal. Um, but no, that's uh, that's no movies. But I will tell you this. I enjoyed Jumanji so much in the theaters with my kids as far as just a family movie that I think we're going to order it. And I'm going to watch it again as a family. I really like Jumanji with uh, Kevin Hart and uh, The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't know. It was just one of those movies, kind of silly, kind of stupid, but fun-loving, good for the family. And uh, we had a good time, and we laughed. So I think we're going to get that. So that is it for the um, that is it for the uh, the movies and uh, and the sports and everything. Guys, you guys listening to episode uh, 349. Oh, uh, yes. 
So I wanted to say this, and and again, I don't mean to uh, something. Somebody people keep asking me about the special guys. Uh, we did find out that a major network. Um, has made an offer on the special and there is a release date. However, I found out that the agents and stuff, the release date is trying to get changed, trying to get even moved closer and all kinds of stuff like that. Again, nothing is official because I haven't, they haven't told me the final thing, but yes, um, from what I was told, the special will be coming out on a major network this year and uh, the date should be locked down very, very soon. I already have a date that I was given and told, so, but when things get finalized, you guys will know, but I'm excited for it to come out and I'm really excited about the platform. If everything goes through, knock on wood, you guys will um, will know. Uh, as far as my Patreon guys, yes. So I want to thank, I had some uh, added on Patreon people and um, I changed up Patreon guys. Patreon is completely different now. Um, the Patreon page for the Verzi effect. There's no more tiers anymore. You know, there used to be tiers. Well, if you pay this, you could get that, this and that. It was just getting confusing. It was hard to get that out to only a certain group of people and then this, and I didn't want to do that anymore. So um, if you are on there, your everybody's subscription has now been lowered. It is $3 across the board. That's it. I really, it's, 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 it's not even... I don't need to make a lot of money on this thing. I'm not doing it for that. I mean, the extra content is a lot of time and, and you know, an effort. So that's why it's a subscription pay only. But it is $3 across the board. And what it is, is um, it's so instead of like, oh, this a week, that a week, it, it's pretty much weekly. Um, what the $3 gives, it's um, it, you receive four to eight additional uh, episodes per month. So I guess that averages out to one or two a week extra podcast, but it is uh, instead it's just written four to eight additionals a week. You'll hear like stuff on additional news updates, like, you know, some, some inside, uh, inside information and all that stuff, uh, unacceptables, rants, anything like that. If there's a quick video I'll put up, I'll put that up, something going on. I have uh, some recent ones up there. Just put one up uh, four days ago uh, about the stuff with the cat. One of the cats is sick. We also talked. I also talked about why uh, sex and blowjobs slow down in my theory, and then I have people write in, and we could talk about it. So um, check that out. $3 across the board. There's a couple of stuff, though. we got some pictures up there, me, Bill Burr, and uh, Bartnick at the game in, the, in uh, Canada. Uh, the Patreon, I've had guests like Bill Burr and Joe Bartnick and Tim Dillon and Giannis Pappas and Robbie Slovic and um, just a bunch of people. Bobby Kelly and I are going to do more and more. So please check that out. $3 across the board. You'll get extra Patreons. There's going to be one, uh, one coming real soon. There was one a few days ago, and I just keep turning stuff out for you guys, okay? Um, as far as plugs, guys, what do I have? Um, April. April, well, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's a new uh, paulverzi.com website is being built. It will be out this week. Uh, it's just going to be an updated, just easier, friendly, uh, user-friendly, much easier, uh, much more modern uh, website with all of my stuff. Obviously, all the shows that I do in the city, The Stand, New York Comedy Club, Stand Up New York, uh, you know, wherever uh, in, the, in the city. I will be. I will be at Cabot Comedy, not the new Cabot Comedy Club. That's not fully open yet, but I'm going to be doing some shows that I will post this weekend, this Friday and Saturday in Massachusetts around the Chicopee area, uh, and then I will make my announcement when I go to the new club. It's still being renovated. Uh, April twentieth and twenty-first, I will be in Nashville, Tennessee, at the. Nashville Comedy Festival with Sal Vacano from Impractical Jokers, Nate Borgazzi, Tony Hinchcliffe, and Gary Veter. Uh, it was, I guess it's originally um, Sal and Nate 
Sal Volcano and Nate Borgazzi's stand-up show. They're just putting some friends on, putting some people on. So we're going to be doing that show uh, for the festival on April 21st. April 20th, Sal and I will be opening for Bill Burr. Uh, at that beautiful theater out there, the Ryman Theater, I believe, yes, out there in Nashville, two shows on April 20th, and I may be jumping on some other shows too. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of stand-up shows uh, out there in uh, in Nashville during the uh, festival, April 20th and 21st, and I might even be on some other shows, which I will announce. Other shows will be announced on the website. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been TVE episode 349. Um, you guys are the best. I will keep you guys up to date with everything. Check out that Patreon for just $3, guys. Um, send in who you want me to talk to uh, interviews-wise, and uh, we will go from there. I hope everybody has a good time in between shows. This is TVE 349. I am out.